Hello and welcome to the Gridiron Show. Will Gavin, Ollie Hunter. A little bit of a lo-fi show this week because essentially uh, technical difficulties and workplace schedules getting in the way. So we're both recording this show at home on our phones whilst chatting to each other on Skype. Ollie, isn't technology a wonderful thing? I mean, yeah, you say lo-fi. This is great. I mean, phone quality is decent. There's no wind because we're indoors. We can still hear each other, but you shouldn't be able to hear me on your phone and I shouldn't be able to hear you on my phone so therefore it should work we could definitely find a higher quality way of doing it but this is how it's happening so it is kind of quarter to midnight on Saturday night about to roll into Sunday morning so hopefully you're listening to this on Sunday morning ahead of the games going to just be a a quick one we're just going to preview the weekend's games uh, preview Sunday's games and Monday's games and we're going to look forward to uh, uh, we're going to have a little look at the bets with uh, redzone.bet pretty simple pretty easy one uh, Ollie, have you had a good couple of days without me? Um, yeah, I missed you, missed you a little bit. I saw you briefly on the Friday, which was fine, you know, you, fine. like pass, passing ships in the afternoon. Um, uh, and yeah, worked on the old soccer today. And now I'm watching a really intriguing game of Georgia versus Alabama. Obviously, if you're listening to this, that's already happened and you know what's happened. But Jake Fromm is playing so well, so well. He is he is doing his um, his draft position a lot of help. Well, he was playing so well, and then he went three and out down near his own goal line after the turnover, uh, gave the ball back to Bama, and they've scored a quick touchdown to make it 28-21. So uh, they need to, a nice, long, sustained drive here to eke some time off the clock, put some points on the board. That missed field goal could end up being absolutely huge come the end of the game. Uh, but we'll leave that to the college pod guys, Simon Clancy and Matt Sherry. If you don't listen to that and subscribe to that, you should go away and do so. Am I right? Oh, 100%. 100%. If anything, um, download it, but only listen to the one that I hosted. So you know, Great shout. It's a great do, shout. Do, do all of those things. Uh, <laughs> uh, right, let's crack straight into the games, mate. Let's get on with this. We are um, we're going to be uh, going through all of the games uh, through uh, for Sunday and for Monday night. As well, the bye weeks are done, so there are a lot of games to get to. Some of them, I won't lie, we will be giving reasonably short shrift. Before we do that, there is one bit of news from the NFL that we do need to discuss, and that is Kareem Hunt being placed on the commissioner-exempt list and then being cut by the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm sure by now everyone is fully aware of this situation, has watched the video on TMZ, knows has their own thoughts and feelings on it, um, and... Uh, and, and realistically, the Chiefs did what they had to do. I, I thought the statement was a bit clumsy, saying essentially that they've cut him because he lied. They were aware there was an incident and he lied about it. No charges were ever brought against Hunt by the police. Um, and uh, yeah, essentially, Hunt told the team that uh, it was a uh, it would <laughs> that it wasn't as bad as the video has now made it look. And they've decided that he has lied and that's why they've cut him. They should have probably condemned the act rather than just condemning the lying. But still, they've done the right thing for the team, considering the situation. For the Chiefs, Ollie, Spencer, where do you expect in that offence to be much of a drop-off? Do you think they will be able to operate at the same level with Ware back there instead of Hunt? Well, Spencer Ware was really really good for the year before Kareem Hunt came in and it, Spencer Ware to all intents and purposes was going to be the lead back until he I think he did an MCL or an ACL and rookie Hunt came in Hunt fumbled on his first ever NFL snap and then the rest has been history and he's been a stunning running back a little bit of a drop off this year but you know not 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 to to great effect because Everything else has been working on that Kansas City offense. That Hunt's big playability that he had in his rookie year last year it hasn't been missed that much. Um, I expect actually Damian Williams, who they got they acquired uh, from the Miami Dolphins earlier on in the season. I expect him and Spencer Ware to share a lot of the load, uh, using them both out of the backfield. Spencer Ware is much more of a, a one-two punch and one two down back and then Damian Williams maybe on some of the passing downs but I don't think it will affect them that much no so I think they can I think they'll go on without him so 
Let's talk. Uh, let's talk uh, the the impact for for Hunt himself, and and it's time for a reasonably controversial opinion corner. And the reason I say that is because a lot of comparison, a lot of conversation about what uh, what will happen to Hunt, what will happen to him from a league perspective, comparisons with Ray Rice, everything else that goes with that. So there are a few things to kind of cover off here. First of all, people, uh, the suspension. I suspect the suspension will be the will be six games to match the Kareem Hunt the, the um, Ezekiel Elliott suspension. First time incident, first time that anything has been brought to the attention of the league. Um, has you know I, he's doing an interview tomorrow morning on on ESPN Game Day, which I suspect will be very will be the beginning of the road to uh, an attempted redemption from Hunt. Um, and the people are saying, well, there was never any video of. Um, of Ezekiel Elliott, there is, I think, a little bit of ignorance uh, in general about the league's powers and what they can do versus what the legal system can do. Because what happened in the Zeke Elliott case is that the NFL, based on the powers that have been given to the commissioner by the, the CBA, can do more than the legal system can, essentially. They don't have to have the same burden of proof that you have to have to get something through a court, particularly through um, a a court where it's going to be in front of peers, where it's going to be in front of a a jury. And as we have seen, uh, these kind of cases, uh, particularly when it comes to domestic violence or anything to do with sexual violence, there has to be a pretty strong burden of proof for people to be actually for a charge to turn into a conviction. However, what the NFL do because of the power that they have through the CBA is they have a bunch of people on their staff, ex-CIA, ex-FBI, who know how to dig deeper in that kind of private detective way that may not necessarily be admissible in court, but means that they will have enough information. And the NFL was so confident to suspend Ezekiel Elliott and to uphold that suspension, despite you know the power of the Cowboys and the power of Jerry Jones, that I think they had something a lot more than we saw in public to feel confident that they could do something that the courts couldn't and suspend him. So I think that's what Hunt's suspension will be. I am absolutely convinced that once he has seen out that suspension, whether it has to come next year once he's active on a roster or whether he can actually serve it out through these games here, even though he's not going to be on an active roster, I'm not sure how that will work. But I absolutely believe that Kareem Hunt will be a starting running back for a team next season. I can't disagree with any of what you've just said. Um, looking at the video, shouldn't have done what he's done. Shouldn't have lied about doing it. Um, shouldn't have kicked a, a, a human being when they're on the floor. I think, and I'm going to join your controversial corner, I think... It's worse because it's a woman. And given how uh, what the climate is at the moment, especially over the last 18 months or so, any kind of violence towards the fairer sex is frowned upon not only by um, the NFL, but society in general. The, the, the two genuine bits of violence are the two shoves right at the beginning, which neither of which are... Again, you never should touch somebody of the fairer sex. And I'm sure that we all agree with that and we all understand that. But it was a they were two shoves in a situation that was obviously a heated argument situation. They weren't it wasn't what I'm trying to say. It wasn't as bad as Ray Rice. It wasn't going and sucker punching the woman who you're in a relationship. It wasn't Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon, who is in the league, who was drafted reasonably high, not as high as he would have been, but still reasonably high. Uh, that, the video that Joe, of Joe Mixon was a lot more brutal. The, as we, everyone who's seen it, the woman was hurt when he went back after being, there were two people attempting to hold him back. It all got a bit pushy and shovey. And she, with her back to him, had someone else pushed into her by a third party. There were three, there were two people between her and Hunt when she went down. 
And then the kick at the end was just stupidity, just idiocy. All of it was idiocy, but that was just why throw in that extra little dig when already you've you've come away from a situation having hurt somebody because of your idiocy. The whole thing was bad, but it was nowhere near as bad as the Ray Rice video, and it was nowhere near as bad as Joe Mixon, and I don't think it was bad as Tyreek Hill either. These these are. I think that a team will see that, will see if he goes and does all of the things that Ray Rice has done and that Joe Mixon has done, as Tyreek Hill has done, working with battered women's shelters, doing, you know, going on the apology tour, doing everything he can to, to rehabilitate his image. He is four years younger than Ray Rice was. He is running at a better level than Ray Rice was when he committed that crime. I think he will be back on a team next season. I think somebody will find a way to justify it. Totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, I, I, there's not much more that we can say uh, on this because it's. Um, I think a lot of other people have said it. I think a lot of people are getting very worked up, especially on Twitter about it. And well, just it's so, it's so it, easy it is what to... it is. Let it play. It, let it play out now. And um, I'm uh, I'm massively in the second chance saloon for people. And uh, I, I think given that the severity given what happened in in that hotel corridor um i think kareem hunt pro- and give, given given all of the other people that have had second chances i think kareem hunt deserves a second chance just again to verify i'm not justifying what he did or condoning what he did but the T- same, but the tmz same. describing it as a brutal attack Go and watch any of those kind of shows which TMZ regularly endorse on their channel, the the Jersey Shores, Housewives of Wherever, you know, all those kind of reality shows. And look at the fights that break out on those shows where the violence is a lot more brutal. Brutal is not the right word. Idiot, drunken, everything else that went along with it. It wasn't good, but it's been kind of... It's been put into a camp of severity that is way beyond what I saw in that video. I, I you uh, know, don't at me. Um, <laughs> right, <laughs> let's let's talk about this. Um, interestingly, uh, Alex Collins. Uh, the only other bit of uh, news has comes in the running back form. Uh, Alex Collins has been put on injured reserve by the Ravens, which means Gus Edwards. I mean, his emergence has already been pretty fantastic the last couple of weeks. He will be the ball carrier going forward. But you know. Ravens running back, Ray Rice, all of that coming up. Anyway, let's go into the six o'clock game, shall we, Ollie? <laughs> yeah, I think that's a that's the right <laughs> thing to do. Um, the well navigated, buddy. The, the, the Baltimore Ravens travel to Atlanta to face the Falcons. The Falcons still slight favourites in this game in their home stadium, but on a bit of a terrible tear right now. Four and seven, they are. The Ravens still very much in the playoff hunt at six and five. It's essentially whether or not you think that Falcons uh, offense can can figure it out because, okay, they've come up against some tough defenses recently, but their red zone conversion has dropped right off again back to what it was in week one rather than compared with what it was from kind of weeks two through seven or eight. Um, And, uh, you know, in their own building, this is the kind of game they should be able to take care of. And yet I like... Lamar Jackson on the road to go in there and get an upset if the Ravens defense can keep that Falcons offense to less than say 24 points if they can go out there and score more freely like they had done previously then uh, then we are you know if they they score 28 plus then I'm not sure that the Ravens will be able to keep pace with them offensively this is actually really intriguing game for me because the Baltimore defense is first against the rush this season in the NFL. And um, Atlanta's rushing offense has been dreadful pretty much since Devontae Freeman went on season-ending IR. I know he, he, uh, he, he's he been out for a long time but and uh, it wasn't confirmed that he was on season-ending IR, I think, until about three or four weeks ago. Ito Smith and Tevin Coleman haven't been able to get anything going on the ground. So I think it's going to be, the ball's going to be thrown a lot by Matt Ryan. And when you've got Julio Jones, Mohamed Sanu, Calvin Ridley, Austin Hooper, Coleman out of the backfield as well. I, if, it, it's, if Matt Ryan can reduce those 
turnovers and finders receivers convert in the red zone. And I think he will do that in his own building. So I think it will be a Falcons win. It'll be tough. It'll be close. And I'm not sure whether Lamar Jackson can string three wins on the bounce together. So, yeah, I'm I'm taking the Falcons in this. John, I'm going to take the Ravens for a road upset. Well, you do that. Fine. That's the way I'm going to go with this. All right. Let's turn our attention to the next game on the slate. Let's go uh, Bears at Giants. The Bears are only three and a half point favourites in this game on the road. And I know the Giants have won two of their last three and have, have kind of bounced back from their early season poor form. But yeah, I, I, I struggle to see why the Bears are only just over a field goal favourite here. Uh, they've been on a great tear of their own. Um, the, the lack of run game maybe concerns me a little bit. But I, I, yeah, I struggle to to fancy anyone but the uh, anyone but the Bears here. Well, I, I'm pretty sure I saw somewhere Mitch Trubisky is ruled out of this game. So that's Chase Daniel coming in. Now, the last time that I said that uh, Chase Daniel will come in for Mitch Trubisky, the Bears would lose, and that was against the Lions. Daniel actually had a really good game. Uh, I think he threw for two touchdowns, zero interceptions, uh, one of which, well, he should have had at least one or two interceptions given the poor play of the Detroit Lions secondary. I thought New York could do something, could back up their, um, could back up their two wins against the 49ers and the Bucks, and then they lose, go and lose last week. I'm going to take the Giants though in this. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, that Chicago's defense is superb. I mean, you know, we've all waxed lyrical about it. And if they go and do something interesting in the playoffs, it will be one of those generational defenses, especially because of their generational talent in Khalil Mack and then how everyone else plays up to his level or somewhere I, near I his think level. They, they need a massive game out of Saquon Barkley, who now is the only yeah. the only running back left in the league to be above 800 yards without any fumbles because Kareem Hunt was the other one. Um but the Bears only allow two and a half red zone trips on average per game, the fewest in the league. So I think we need some big plays out of them. I just, I don't fancy their offense to do enough. I am going to take the Bears on the road. Uh, let's go for the Carolina Panthers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Panthers won the reverse matchup 42-28 back in week nine when the Bucks had Ryan Fitzpatrick under center. But we had... um. Yeah, a little bit of a, a little bit of a bounce back, and, and in particular, a little bit of a bounce back for Jameis Winston. Problem was, it was against the Forty ers Yeah, but yeah, okay, I can't argue <laughs> with that. It was against the Forty ers I was going to say the Panthers have lost their last three. They were looking really good, but the defeat against um, Seattle, I think, was was massively damaging. <sighs> This is a really tough one. If it's in Carolina, 100%, I'd pick the Panthers. But I've just got a feeling. I've got a feeling about Tampa Bay. And I, oh, bless you, buddy. Thank you, mate. I tried to do it Tampa off mic. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, I could feel it um, 15. No, how many? 15 miles? We don't live 15 miles apart. I could no, feel it's it like five, some way away. like five, if that. Yeah. So, um, but then Carolina's offense with Christian McCaffrey, he's got over 1,500 uh, 1,300 yards from scrimmage this season. Uh, DJ, uh, Moore, DJ Moore also looked good the last two weeks. That Panthers has. offense looked really good last week. They just failed in the red zone against that Seahawks red zone D. I think that they will uh, turn that around this week and score some points on the Bucks. I'm going to take the Panthers on the road. I'll take the Bucks at home. We I'm, haven't agreed once. This is great. I'm yeah. loving. I'm loving the road teams this week for some reason. Uh, I don't know where that has come from, but I yeah. tell I tell you where it's not going to change either. The Indianapolis Colts going on the road to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Sorry, you're taking the Jaguars. No, I said that's where it's not going to change. Oh, where it's not going to change. Okay, yeah, good. I yeah. wasn't very clear there. The Jags have lost all three divisional games so far this season. They've lost what seven on the bounce now. Um, I thought that uh, I. I I just think that the Colts, even without um, Ryan Kelly as the centre, they still managed to get it done last week and they should have him back this week. Um, Andrew Luck, eight games in a row with three or more touchdowns. They're on a six-game winning streak. 
The only potential concern is no Jack Doyle, and he has been relying on the tight ends a bit, although Eric Ebron has 12 touchdowns on the season already. The Jags are just a team in, in massive decline. I'm taking the Colts. Yeah, Blake Bortles is, uh, has been benched. That's probably a good thing for the Jags. That's the uh, one one positive for them. But their defense is 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 shot. Uh, they've got no Leonard Fournette, so they're going to have to rely on Carlos Hyde, who hasn't pulled up any trees since his trade. And uh, TJ Yeldon has dropped off a cliff massively as well. I'm going to take the Colts too. The four and seven Bills are on the road at the five and six Dolphins. Um, I mean, Josh Allen had a, a pretty good return to the team last week, whereas the Dolphins' Ryan Tannehill managed to keep the game close on his return to returning quarterbacks. Uh, but the uh, the Dolphins obviously not managing to, to win that one at the Colts, even though they played a lot better than I was expecting on both sides of the ball. And, and that improved performance against the Colts is enough to convince me to take a home win in this one. I'm taking an away win. I think the the Bills are a better team at four and seven than the Dolphins are at five and six. And I think that will level out after the game on um, on Sunday, after the game tomorrow. I like Josh Allen on under center. I think he's got I think he's got balls. I like his running style. Uh, and I really like the the Bills defense. So I'm taking the Bills. I am um, I I don't like the Bills on the road as much as I do at home. That's really the main thing. That's fair idea. point. That is fair point. Is that in their building, they are really hard to beat, but I don't think they're actually a particularly good football team. They've just been quite a well-coached football team this season. Right, the Cleveland Browns at 4-6-1 and one on a two-game winning streak head to face the Houston Texans on an eight-game winning streak. And I remember when they went 10 nothing down against the Titans, they were like, oh, this could be the end of it. And then just went on to absolutely batter them on Monday night. Uh, those Brownies, back-to-back uh, -back games for the first time in four calendar years. And the offense looks a lot better with Freddie Kitchens and, and with Baker Mayfield, with Nick Chubb. Everything has taken a step up on that side of the ball. I don't like their tackle pairing Again, because what's been amazing in that is the, the lack of sacks and the lack of hits that Baker Mayfield has taken in that stretch as well. But I really don't particularly like the way that they match up to that Texans pass rush. Texans pass rush is great, isn't it? If it's not Jadavian Clowney and JJ Watt, then you've got uh, Whitney Merciless. And they do interesting things of getting some of the defensive backs into some blitzing schemes. So I really, I, I like the, the Texans defense but on offense Lamar Miller was was great last week bit of a breakout game for him and <laughs> about four seasons too late but Lamar well, Miller... no, a bit of a breakout game this season for him right okay and perhaps he'll continue to take that momentum forward but one of my favorite players to watch in the NFL at this moment in time is DeAndre Hopkins and I think he's having a really good year some of the things that um, and justifiably, you pointed out that he struggles to get open. I think that's changed somewhat this season. You've seen him bust a few coverages and seen him working those routes a bit harder. Plus, he's got superb hands. Uh, yeah, superb his, his, hands. his hands have always been excellent and he's always been good in traffic and he's always been had the pace that if he gets separation, then downfield. But it's always I always didn't like him as an early down guy because I didn't think he was a great route runner. I think he has improved massively this year. I think he has taken a step in the right direction on those skills. He's always been a, a, a kind of second to top tier wide receiver, by which I mean top tier in, in, in reality, but just off that pace of, of the very, very top guys. Do you know what I'm saying? Does I know what sense? you're saying. And I actually think this season we're seeing him almost breaking into the lower echelons of the top tier yeah, guys. I, yeah, I have him in there now. Absolutely. I have him up yeah. there as a, as a top, top guy now. Um, I'm going to take the Texans at home, even though it breaks my heart a little bit. I love seeing the Browns doing well uh, for their fan base. But look, uh, they have been really impressive. I just think that that Texans line is just going to cause the, cause Greg Robinson et al. problems in the trenches. And, uh, and even though Mayfield's been on a, a huge ascendancy curve. It, it's not going to happen for me this weekend, I'm afraid. 
I'm taking the Texans, and as we speak in the Georgia Dome, um, Tua Tagovailoa has uh, has been helped off after I think it's a lower right leg injury after being yeah, sacked. Yeah, looked, like, looked like his ankle, yeah. his calf area. He does not. He looks in some real pain. So uh, Jalen Hurts has gone in. Jalen Hurts has gone in. Oof, oof. Uh, and he was not good in the championship game. Um, last year. So uh, here we go. Anyway, what, what, what are they going to do? Uh, yeah, I'm taking the Texans. So DeAndre Hopkins is a top-tier receiver. You know, who else is a top-tier receiver is AJ Green, and he's not even on the injury report this weekend. The Broncos head to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. Is that enough against a Broncos team who have just picked up incredibly impressive wins against the Chargers and the Pittsburgh Steelers? Both teams sit at five and six, but these are five and six teams who feel like they're going in very opposite directions. It's nice for Jeff Driscoll to have uh, to have AJ Green there with Andy Dalton gone. Meh. I do you know what? <laughs> I'd almost not even play AJ Green, even if he's off the injury report, because it, there's no point in risking him for my money. I've, I've taken the Broncos on the road. Yeah, Broncos on the road for me. Um, defense is playing up. I love Philip Lindsay. Broncos on the road. The 10 and 1 Rams at the 4 and 7 Lions. The Rams are 10 point favourites on the road. <laughs> and yet, coming off the bye, this is this is great. They are they have been a great team off the bye, outperforming the spread by an average of 11.5 points off their bye weeks. So what we're saying is that this is going to be a 20 plus point win. <laughs> <laughs> okay um, <laughs> I, I think they'll win I'm not sure it's going to be 20 points plus because we've not seen many 20 point plus wins so far this season but no Marvin Jones Jr. for uh, Detroit Lions he's been placed on injury reserve this week that's one less weapon I do love Kenny Golladay but if if you're the Rams and I think they've got a keep to lead back you either put Talib on Golladay or you double up Golladay with uh, with your free safety and um, the, the the Lions don't have anything. There's no carry on Johnson. So a, a lot is going to, they're going to have to rely a lot on um, LeGarrette Blunt and Theo Riddick. And I just don't think the, the talent isn't there. The talent's not there. Jared Goff's playing brilliantly. I can't see anything other than a Rams win by at least two touchdowns. I'm going to go two touchdowns. Do you know... Um... That with five games left of the season, the ten and one Rams, based on win loss ratio, have the easiest schedule of any team left. So they're going to go fifteen and one. I mean, That's it could happen. Saying. It absolutely yeah. could happen. With that shocker for the Saints, just saying. Yeah, that was a shocker, wasn't not, it? We might have to. We might have to see if we can go to the uh, the Coliseum for uh, the uh, NFC title game. You know we wouldn't get uh, accredited, don't you? <laughs> we'll go as fans again. We actually haven't. We actually haven't talked about Thursday night football. We normally do that at the start of the show. I feel like everyone's talked about it enough, and Kareem Hunt's kind of dominated it. Dem uh, Cowboys, that defense, wow! Leighton Van Der Esch, Leighton Van Der Esch. Who would have thought that losing Sean Lee? I mean, uh, I mean, we all knew that Sean Lee would miss time this yeah, season yeah, because he's of made of he's made of glass. But the way that he's taken to it, and I think I heard was it uh, Chris Wessling say that this guy is going to be around for a long, long time. That's Leighton Van Der Esch, um, uh, LVE. Uh, just I love him. I think he's so much fun to watch. Keekly esque for me. Him and just. Him- him and Jalen Smith, who obviously they took the big risk on in the draft. Uh, I thought going too high on him, taking it at the top of the second, considering he there was a chance he may mm. never play in the NFL. They look like a great tandem. They're really, like you say, really yeah. good fun to watch. I will say that Cowboys fans at 4.30am on Friday morning at 7 and 5 were being insufferable, like they'd almost won the Super Bowl. But otherwise, I'm pleased to see that they are doing well. Uh, and this is the same team that not the week before got smashed up by the Titans. So right, chill out, guys. Let's take a quick break and then we'll roll through the rest of the games. Okay, buddy? Okay. You're listening to The Gridiron Show. Will Gavin Ollie Hunter previewing Sunday's games. Uh, I, I actually thought we'd already got through all the six o'clock games. I'd totally forgotten about the Arizona Cardinals at the Green Bay 
hackers. Uh, well, I, I know what you're doing here. I know you're trying to troll me. No, I'm really say, not. Oh, I totally forgot about the Packers because now that they're done in the playoff race, it, you know, it, it's understandable. And you're right to do so. They, I, I, I also had forgotten about the Packers <laughs> because they, um, they've got the same record as the Cleveland Browns. Hey, guess what? As many what? people point out to me. Guess what? They've got the Go sec. On. You've got the second easiest schedule of remaining opponents, which is great. But do you know what's surprising about the Cardinals team for a team that most people are most people are, are pretty down on? I, I like Josh Rosen a lot. I, I think he, he played well early last week and then fell off a little bit. But um, th- there are they are a top three pass rush team, and that is the only thing that makes me think. I think between that and the fact that apparently there's real weather expected, very high winds expected. I think the Packers win, but. The Cardinals are being given the two-touchdown point spread. I think the Cardinals might cover. I think the Packers win, but I don't think it's going to be a two-score I agree with you. I think, that's, I think that's really generous. I think 10 points would be generous. I think it'll be between 10 and 6 points, say, um, that the Packers win by. Just run the ball. Give the ball to Aaron Jones. Take the decision out of Aaron Rodgers' <laughs> hands. Let him uh, just sit in the pocket, throw a few dimes, but run the ball, please. Run, run, run that ball. Aaron Jones is a great, great... He's got the... I don't know whether he's a great, great player. We haven't seen him, in, seen him enough this season, but he's got the potential of being a very, very good player. I just like to see it. Run that ball. There are um, three... There are four nine o'clock window games, and three of them have point spreads of minus eight, minus nine and a half, and minus 14 to the favourites. So I'm just going to put it out there. I'm taking the Titans at home to the Jets. I'm taking the Chiefs on the road to the Raiders. And I'm taking the Seahawks at home to the 49ers. Are there any of those that you disagree with? No. <laughs> Is any, will anyone care that we haven't previewed those in any more depth? I think uh, all would understand. We've spoken a lot, enough about the Chiefs. Um, we know what the Raiders are all about. Jets and Titans are non-entities. 49ers sadly are, are a non-entity and the Seahawks will go to seven and five. So there we go. We've spoken about them. Um, I'm just looking up the Vikings injury report because I desperately want to know ahead of Sunday evening against the New England Patriots on the road, what is the latest status for Xavier Rhodes? They practiced for the first time. He practiced for the first time on Friday as a limited participant, as did Stefan Diggs. Both are listed as questionable. <laughs> well, Diggs was um, Diggs was um, was out. I think he did, had a DNP because it was his birthday. Now, I, I think they're managing his workload training-wise uh, because I think it's a little ankle injury. So I expect him to play. I don't expect him not to suit up. I expect him to play and play fully because it is a huge drop-off from Thielen and Diggs to Treadwell and Robinson. Uh, Xavier Rhodes is a different proposition altogether, and he didn't... I think it was a, a, a tweaked... I think it was a tweaked knee against the Packers which forced him out, and they'll miss him. So uh, there is... Um... Apparently, Holton Hill is expected to start a quarterback. Um, a TV doctor predicted that Xavier Rhodes will need season-ending surgery. Mike Zimmer called it a mild injury. Uh, the he was so you said Holt, this week. You said Holton Hill at quarterback. No, at cornerback. Cornerback. Okay. Dodgy Skype. Thinking, I was I thinking, that's all it when was. did I when did I hear that uh, that Kirk Cousins was out? Yeah, I. Uh, I I would say I wouldn't be that surprised if he was active, but I'd be surprised if he's starting and taking snaps. I think sure. that that is a potential problem for the Vikings. Um, they uh, Vikings are a really good team when it comes to what the Patriots have always done, which this season has been having a bend, don't break defense. You look at their yardage, they're not looking particularly great, but they're the best team in the league at preventing touchdowns. Only 16% of opponent drives have ended in touchdowns. Uh, Rob Gronkowski's back on the injury report this week after returning last week. Um, I, 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 my kind of lean in this game 
is that the Vikings need to get after Tom Brady and keep it tight early on if they're to have an opportunity to win. I struggle to ever pick against the Patriots in Gillette in December, so I'm probably going to go with the Patriots based on history, basically, more than anything else. I think I really like how the Vikings match up on them, actually, at almost every level, but Bill just finds a way. William, you, you talk about... Um... You talk about Gronkowski on the injury report. So was Brady. It's what the Patriots do, especially this time of the season. Questionable, limited practice. It, it's all about managing their stars in the latter end of the season so that they then peak in um, in week 15, 16, potentially when they need to or when it comes to the playoffs. I have no qualms that uh, Rob Gronkowski will play. Brady is obviously going to play and... I think actually they'll they may manhandle the Vikings in this game. I thought um, they had I thought they had one of their best pass rush games in a while last weekend, um, and are starting to look a little better in that area. It's still not an area of strength for them, but I thought that they had one of their best pass rush games for a while. The Vikings defend the Vikings offensive line played one of its better games against Green Bay, but how much was that about the Green Bay defense being a dinged up mess? Yeah, I'm, I'm taking it's it's I'm taking the Patriots. It's happening. Yeah, Patriots for me, and I think it will be more than a touchdown. I have to say that the Patriots last week against the Jets didn't look good for large stretches, and it was only, it was kind of one of those late wins that happened as Alabama level things up. It was one of yeah. those. Um, well, if they get the extra point, uh, it was one of those um, uh, kind of. They stayed in it, they hung it, they hung in it, and then there was a back-breaking turnover, and then they just absolutely ran all over them. It's a little bit like they did to the Packers, but the Jets aren't... Well, maybe the Jets are a team about as good as the Packers. Anyway, New England will win. That's uh, that's the direction I'm going. I don't know. I've got off on an absolute tandem there. Uh, Sunday night... Tangent. Before, tangent. Did I say... Oh, God. <laughs> you said a tandem. It's all over um, the place. This is yeah, a tandem. Well, it's a tandem podcast, and I need you to save me talking about Sunday night football. Sunday night football, which is, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use it. I'm gonna throw it in there. It's a barnstormer, Willie. Yeah, it's it Willie's is. word. The barnstormer. The Chargers at eight and three go to the Steelers at seven three and one. This is a really, really good game in Hinesfield. Uh, it's tough to call. It's a tough, tough to call game because Chargers across the board are pretty good. Joey Bosa's back. Being a no, the record he has been before. Melvin Gordon, but there's no Melvin Gordon, and that's huge because I thought they were a far more limited offense when it's Austin Eckler who's the main guy, and Josh Jackson, no relation to Johnny Jackson, um, is the one who uh, who comes in as the change of pace. Eckler, we know you know what you're going to get with him. He's really good out of the backfield. He's not so good north to south. His numbers for the season are absolutely insane, but I just I'd much prefer him as a complimentary back. But that's because he's the complimentary back to Melvin Gordon. He's the change of pace guy there and if he's rushing, they're not expecting him to rush or it's one of those backwards passes which he then it's like a screen pass but it goes backwards and then he rushes up the field. It's um it's far more predictable when he is the main guy, and I, that was that was the game against uh, the Titans in London that uh, Melvin Gordon missed. So I've seen it with my own eyes, Willie. So I think I, the Steelers, I think the Steelers will will figure that out. Their defense has been playing really, really well, as everyone's been banging on about for the last two or three weeks. Here's here's my thing. So I think Juju Smith-Schuster has been playing like a number one receiver, and I've been really impressed with him. He's a, a real factor in this game. Uh, playing against the the second corners, he normally will be. Ben Roethlisberger, their, their offensive line between getting James Connor going, who, whilst he's been good, he isn't Le'Veon Bell, and like, and actually has shown a couple of ball handling issues, a couple of fumbles in the last two weeks, including the one that that killed the game really for them against the Broncos when it looked like they were going to eke that one out. But between getting James Connor going and the fact that Ben Roethlisberger is the least pressured quarterback in the NFL, which when you are a lumbering old man like Big Ben is at this point, being having as much time as he has often had in the pocket is really impressive. So it's whether or not they can do it without Melvin Gordon and whether or not their pass rush can get after Big Ben. There are a couple of big, big ifs. 
I'm going to take the Steelers at home, but there is, if they can force a turnover or two, the Chargers' defense, they are in this game. This is not an, this is not a walkover by any stretch. No, it's not a walkover because essentially they're still both two very good teams. We've seen the Steelers on prime time on um, Sunday night football almost a muffed kickoff return there, but happened to go into a receiver's, into a, a fellow <laughs> Georgia Bulldog hand. Um, but uh, we, we've seen them not do anything. I think it was against the Ravens where they completely mm, the bed. So, but I don't expect that to happen. They're get, we're getting into the business end of the season. And despite some of their deficiencies at, in in the head coaching department, I am going for a Pittsburgh win. Right, Monday night football. Washington head to Philadelphia to face the Eagles. Washington at six and five, the Eagles at five and six. Both of them absolutely sweating it out after the Dallas Cowboys surprise win on Thursday night football. Only one game separates them, but they are now both a couple of games back on those Dallas Cowboys. Um, you know, a sixteen-three win in Tampa Bay when Tampa Bay are absolutely papping the bed a few weeks ago. Washington were. Six and three, and really not looking great. And then they've managed to lose back to back games and have their quarterback injured. And, you know, it's just an absolute stack of reasons. Um, uh, Trent Williams is back, which is d- decent for them. But I, I don't know. Colt McCoy is. Colt McCoy just isn't going to play up to a level that you, you need. No, nowhere near good enough. Peterson after hitting over 90 yards in five straight games, hasn't had more than 70 yards in his last four games. Um, Dotson is not showing a number. I just, Washington have got so many problems. If Philadelphia don't put this one to bed, then they really have had the worst post-Super Bowl season in in recent history. Well, what about this for you, Willie? Chris Thompson and Jameson Crowder look like they're going to be back. Oh, I do like that. They are there too. They are, uh, when Alex Smith was not throwing outside the numbers and you had those two guys as your out of the backfield, inside the hash mark type guys, they were really important with Smith in there. So that's, I like that. That's good. That's, that's, that's a positive for Washington. That's something. But what do you make of Carson Wentz? I, I, he's, I, he's I, and we haven't had this for a while. What is Carson Wentz? I'm a what huge, are they? I'm a huge Carson Wentz fan. I still am. And a huge how Carson do you feel Wentz that he's fan. been playing this season? Um, I, it has been up and down comparatively with what he was before the injury, but I think that has a lot to do with coming back from the injury. They have had injury problems of their own. Their, their bigger problem is their defense and their, their issues in the secondary. Carson Wentz, he did have that one absolute horror game a few weeks ago. Um, I can't for the life of me think of against where he threw three interceptions and was just a complete mess. But was it against Carolina in that fourth quarter? Because he was great for the th- for three quarters and then against Carolina. And I don't think it was that game. But in that fourth quarter, essentially he uh, it was against he the didn't lose them the game, but he it, didn't it, he it, didn't. It was that Saints game. game. It was that Saints okay. game. That was that was the one. Uh, yeah, I'm still a huge Carson Wentz fan. He's he's. You know, he, he, has he played up to the level of an MVP like he was looking for? He went out last season. No, but is he still got every every skill, every potential to be a top, top tier quarterback? Yeah, I would still take him right now if I was starting a franchise over 23, 24 of the starting quarterbacks in the NFL. I think that the, the thing about it is that he's just over 60-something percent, 66 percent. He's thrown for 2,540 yards where I think he's missed, didn't he miss three games or two games at the beginning Mm -hmm. of the season? 16 touchdowns to six interceptions. So on the face of it, those are actually really good numbers. It's just he's not been playing as well as he was last year. He's also really good at getting out of the pocket and picking up first downs with his legs. That's a big part of it. His escapability is kind of underestimated, I think. So that's a big part of things for me as well. I don't know. I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm going to stick up for Carson Wentz. I like him a lot. No, fair enough. I was just asking a question. That's all. All right. Just asking the question. That's why I'm here. I'm taking the Eagles. 
You're, I'm taking the Eagles as well. Uh, brilliant stuff, Pat. We've, uh, we nailed it. We did it late at night. We got there. And tired, <laughs> and it was all a bit, you know, whatever. But, I, you know, I think we got through it, and I think it was some good analysis. So do you know what? If you've, if you've not enjoyed it, at Ollie Hunter on Twitter uh, is the place to go. Uh, I'm kidding, buddy. Um, Have you Ollie, seen what's just happened in the, in the Bama-Georgia game? No, I'm just watching the replay because I did miss it because I was getting things set up. Direct snap on a fake punt, and it's all on gone four and eleven. Wrong. That's gone horribly wrong, Georgia. What are you doing? After and there's they, four minutes left. Ridiculous. After they went so conservative, yeah. Throughout this last quarter and a half, they have just lost the game. What a mess! Thrown it away. What a mess! Right. Anyway, mate, let's um, we'll go and watch this game. while I get it edited up and get this podcast out. Any final thoughts? Uh, no final thoughts. In which case, let's hear from Warren from redzone.bet with the odds on the TV games for this weekend. Right, let's take a look now at the latest odds for the weekend's TV games and joining us from our friends at redzone.bet. Warren, a very good afternoon, Warren. How are you doing, buddy? Good, thanks. It's strange to speak to you, Will, after having two weeks of doing it on my own. Suddenly, someone else on the other end of the phone. I'm, I'm slightly confused. Honestly, everyone will be absolutely devastated that it's now gone like this. They're like, oh, we enjoyed just four minutes of a Warren soliloquy. Why have we now got to listen to this buffoon more than we already have? <laughs> well, I think my first week was pretty disastrous picks. But I did all right last week, I think. I think three out of four or four out of four, I think. I can't remember. Yeah, there you go. Well, uh, with that kind of record going into this weekend, it, we can't fail. I mean, we obviously can fail in terms yeah, of conditions obviously. and everything else. Uh, um, let's start off. Uh, a fascinating game to kick off the weekend's TV slate. The Cleveland Browns at the Houston Texans. Uh, Texans on this eight-game winning streak, but the Browns themselves on a little bit of a tear. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, look, it's clear now that Cleveland have bottomed out. You know, they are trending upwards and they're going to be trending upwards for some time. Uh, for Houston Texans, I think um, Watson's looked good, but he's getting sacked too often and I think this could be you know, a bit of a disaster for him against a strong Browns front so you've got to look at the Browns since they got rid of Hugh Jackson Mayfield has been transformed by their offensive coordinator Freddie Kitchens and, and he's not been sacked the last two games and with Chubb running the ball effectively I think the Browns should be able to keep, keep you know, close and possibly put off an upset so um, I'm looking at the line now it's five and a half you can back the Browns Plus five and a half at fifty fifty one with us. The over under is forty seven and a half. But yeah, I'll be back in the Browns with the points plus six if you can get it, or plus five point five. Yeah, I like the Browns. I like the under as well. So um, I, I'm a big fan. Of, I do think the Browns tackles, whilst they have kept Baker Mayfield clean, it's their sternest test against this Texans front. But uh, that just, just leads to a better game. So exciting one to kick off the weekend then at 9.25. The Vikings off that great win over the Packers head to New England to take on the imperious Patriots. Yep, uh, the line here is five points again. So you New England and five-point favourites. The over-under is 49.5 points. Um, I think this is a big test for Cousins. Uh, Belichick's going to look to take away Diggs and Thielen from him, and he's going to try and force him to throw to other targets. Vikings have the worst run offense in the league, but I think Dalvin Cook looked very dangerous, I and mean, he was he was great last week against the Packers. Uh, and I think the Vikings are going to have to find a way to bring him into the game with Diggs and Thielen being covered. Brady's going to look to use lots of short passes and 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 sort of weaken that furious Vikings pass rush, isn't he? So the, the big problem for Vikings is, is always been covering tight ends, which, you know, you're going against the Gronk, so good luck there. Um, I think Patriots defence are going to get a sterner test than they did last week against the Jets, and, and if Cousins brings his A game, and, you know, he's, he's got a great A game, I think this is going to be a bit of a shootout, so I'm going to go for over 49.5 points as my bet. I really like that as well. Um, I think that you mentioned Dalvin Cook out of the backfield. He was he looked really good when he got into space. And I think they'll look to do that again against a not particularly pacey Patriots defence. So expect some screens, some swing passes. Um, and then you mentioned about Gronk. I mean, if they don't mm-hmm. line Harrison Smith over Gronk specifically for this game, then I'm going to start to doubt, doubt Mike Zimmer's ability as a football coach. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We've got a barnstormer on Sunday night. The Chargers against the Steelers, two teams who were very much in the ascendancy, but have both seen that that little step back in the last couple of weeks as they've uh, both lost to the Denver Broncos. How do you see this one? Well, you say barnstormer. I'm not so sure. Uh, The line is three and a half points. Steelers are three and a half point favourites. Over under 
is 52 uh, points. And look, both teams have got great quarterbacks, and, and I think but I think it's going to be the defences that dictate, dictate the game flow here. And uh, the Chargers will be without Melvin Gordon, which will give the Steelers pass rush a little bit more freedom to get after Rivers. And, and Russell's is he's just become a bit turnover prone recently. And, and I think he's facing, you know, this is a pretty challenging secondary, along with Melvin Ingram and Jerry Bosso rushing towards him. And I think the Steelers are going to probably have to try and run the ball more often than usual. And, and that's the weak point of the Chargers. So I'm going to go for an unders bet. So the line at the overs 52 says to go for the unders at 25-28 on our side. Sometimes barnstormers are low scoring. Last night at oh, Thursday you, you, Night you, Football was great, even though it was only 23 points. So, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. You, you, I suppose it's definition of barnstormer. OK, well, we might have to agree, <laughs> disagree on that. Um, and then Monday Night Football. This is a really intriguing one after the Cowboys win on Thursday night because Washington head to Philadelphia. Washington seriously dinged up, but Philadelphia still just... Don't quite look at the races this season. Yeah, I thought that, that Philly showed great resilience against the Giants last week to come back. But, you know, I think the Giants, you just have to scratch your head. You know, they showed the world the way to beat the Eagles by attacking their secondary, but then they just stopped doing it in the second half. Now, was that because the Philly uh, defence and Jim Schwartz, you know, adjusted? It's very hard to say. But is Colt McCoy going to be able to slice his way through, uh, through this defence that still... Suffering, you know, suffering lots of injuries or not, you know, that's that's the big question. Um, and I, I actually got a little bit of a soft spot for Colt McCoy, but I, I think there's going to be a question mark over him there. On the other side, you've got Wentz. He's not looking completely healthy, but he's, he's getting a look a little bit more mobile, isn't he? And that should, you know, help him negate the, the Redskins pass rush a bit. I, I think it's dangerous to bet against Philly on a Monday night game when they're at home. And I think they're going to win. And I think they're going to put the heat on the Cowboys and make the, the, the game the week after, you know, quite exciting. So I'm going to back, and it's a big line for me, Philly minus six. I didn't give you the line. The line is six. It's um, Philly six-point favourite. Six is at 10 to 11 on our side. If you, if you fancy the skins, you go 50-51 on the other side. Uh, and the over-under is 45 and a half. But my bet would be Philly minus six. I think that's going to go up, so I'd get on it quickly if I were you. And look, I think as part of that, um, you mentioned about the secondary. Jalen Mills and Avante Maddox still didn't participate on Thursday, but three of their other top corners did come back. Russell Douglas, Sidney Jones, Shandon Sullivan. So uh, there are some thoughts that will improve this week against uh, Colt McCoy. So I like that one as well. Top stuff for him. Uh, as always, top uh, full terms and conditions uh, at redzone.bet. Uh, please make sure you gamble responsibly. And it's obviously over 18s only. Warren, thank you very much for your time. See you next week, Will. At Asda, get all your Welsh favourites like a 350 gram pack of Collier's Powerful Welsh Cheddar was £3, now £2. And six braces Welsh cakes. Get two packs for just £1.50. St David's Day worthy at celebratory prices. Don't compromise. Asda, save money, live better. Selected stores subject to availability. Welsh cakes, Wales only. £1.10 per pack. 